Jewish Board Talk with Sharice Zaffert. Is it possible for a journalist to report neutrally on the Israeli-Palestinian conflict? This is a question that the well-respected journalist Nishina Muhammad had to answer when she found herself embroiled in heated discussions and having to defend herself for, in her mind, just doing her job. In July last year, she covered a Christian Friends of Israel march in Pretoria. She placed YouTubes of the march on her Facebook page, and her post elicited some nasty responses. Nushina has just returned from a journalist trip to Israel and has written a blog on her experiences called The Other Side. She joins me now to share her experiences. Nushina, welcome, and thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Nushina, let's start right at the beginning. Okay. Well, I don't know where, where the beginning is, but in this case, you went to Pretoria, you covered a march, it was a Christian Friends of Israel march, mm-hmm. and you had already covered a lot of BDS stuff. Um, at that time, you were Joburg TV today. Um, what happened? Okay, so the story began in 2014. Actually, I've always been a business journalist. That, that was my career focus. I think as a journalist, you... You want to cover as many different beats and stories as possible. So I wasn't really limiting myself. I think the interest in the crisis or the conflict or the occupation, whichever way you choose to refer to it, uh, was sparked in, in, in 2014 from a news perspective. There were hundreds of thousands of supporters, Palestinian supporters, marching in the streets of Johannesburg in Cape Town throughout the country following the 2014 incursion into Gaza. So um, we went out with the camera, as we usually do when there's a great story to tell, which is what we did. That was the first time I encountered BDS, because BDS uh, actually was the organizer behind the march. And we told that we shared that story, um, inquiring why protesters were out there, what they were feeling, why they felt so strongly that Israel was an apartheid state, because that is what they were chanting at the protest. There were ANC supporters out there as well. So that was my first real kind of feel of the conflict, and my first story I did on the Palestine-Israel conflict. That was in 2014, and then the next time was with the Shashi Naidu incident in 2018. Um when there was this Twitter uh, storm around her comments that she made around Gaza. And I think I just looked at it very briefly, but I was more intrigued again as a journalist um, on the responses to her, to her statement. And I think my interest was really piqued when she made that video when she was crying and mm. apologizing. So I said, hey, what's going on? Well, let's, let's follow up on this. Um, there is going to be a press conference. Let's go to the press conference being held by BDS and hear what um, she has to say. Um, so we went to the press conference. Sorry, I'm just long-winded. That's great. <laughs> I'm a storyteller. Yeah. <laughs> so we attended the press conference, and there she was, tearful, apologizing, and um, we, 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 we heard a statement, and I had an interesting conversation with a friend of mine called John DiMartini, who was a regular guest on my show at JoeBookToday.tv about the conflict sparked by the whole Shashi Naidu incident because he was emailing me, asking me. We were just corresponding, and I was telling him what my day was like. I was attending this press conference and I remember saying it's really sad how 
you know, people are held to account for personal opinions, but she apologized. And that was quite encouraging that her apology was accepted. And now she's embarking on this journey. At that time, it was her position was that it was going to be it was a neutral position. She was not going to take any extreme position on either side. And she she was just going for an education. At that point, that was what the story was all about. And he's a human behavior specialist. He's involved in conflict resolutions for 40 years around the globe. And he was one of my favorite guests because just so much of wisdom and love flowing out of him. So we started engaging and he said, Can, could you imagine if I could get the, the leaders of both sides into one room? And if I get them to do a conflict resolution process, could you, could you, could you imagine the impact that that could have in the region on, on the crisis? And I said, yeah, but you'd have to convince them. You'd have to invite them. It would have to be, you know, according to their own free will. He said, yes, but we could, we could try. So I said, okay, come into my studio and let's do an interview. And I started taking a little bit more interest on both sides of the conflict. Uh, we, we, we covered the BDS side with the Shashi Naidu and we replayed the, 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 the little story we covered on the protest in 2014 called Apartheid Israel. And so I said, well, we need to get the other inside involved as well on this because we need both sides of the story. And I think at that time as well, it was a lot of, there was a lot of tension around this conflict because of Donald Trump's position to move the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. So there, were, there was renewed t- tension around that time. So I said, yes, no, that's very important. And then I reached out to you, as you know, and, pr- and made a proposal around the conflict resolution process. And, and then we decided we should do a pilot project here in South Africa to bridge the divide between the two sides. And John and I started doing research and watching documentaries to understand the conflict a little bit more because, uh, well, quite honestly, I had not taken a personal interest in the conflict, uh, professionally or personally. It's always there. It's been happening for quite some time. So it was really just sparked by what was happening. And this very um, interesting conversation I was having with John DiMartini, who is someone I look up to and respect. So, Nashina, just to take you back, at the time you contacted me, there was so much happening in South Africa. Um, it was Sashi Naidu. It was the, the move of the embassy. There was also a Christian march in Pretoria that you went to go and attend. There was also the time of, there were a lot of anti-Semitic incidences taking place. And I yes. think you did a follow-up inter- interview with us regarding the anti-Semitism. And I think you were touched by the emotions of people from both sides. Yes. So, like I was saying, the John Martini interaction sparked the greater interest because he, he is someone that bridges divides between people. And I felt very strongly that it was getting blown out of proportion in terms of the social media reactions with Shashi Naidu around the conflict. And I just thought it was a sad state of affairs that people were attacking each other on social media. And taking a greater interest, I decided to get the Israeli perspective on why they felt it was necessary for South Africa to reinstate uh, the ambassador to Israel, and that's when I attended that march. All of this, my my part in in the conflict as a journalist taking an interest was really just built around getting a better understanding, and you do that on the ground by interacting with people. So I had no idea that I was also going to be attacked <laughs> on social media and what was going to happen after that march. So what happened? So we attended the march. It was a beautiful day. It was in Pretoria. And I was actually very excited. I was sitting outside in the morning with my cameraman, and we saw the, the dancers that were already there. We were waiting for the organizers to attend. 
And I remember sitting outside with my cameraman and waiting to do Facebook Lives, which I did when the dancing started. Um, you have to capture the ambiance of the moment. I mean, this is uh, this is a democratic country. It's freedom of expression is allowed, and it was a beautiful way. I thought of of uh, the uh, South African friends of Israel expressing their opinion that way with having the dancing. It was a very peaceful march. So I went out and I did my job as usual, covering a story doing my Facebook Lives and speaking to people and interacting. And um, there were a couple of comments that started coming through while I was already doing Facebook Lives, like, um, is that uh, a crowd for hire, rent a crowd, or um, there are so many black people out there, maybe they're giving them free booze and free food, uh, and maybe they are being paid. So I was just kind of like, it's just one or two comments, you know, you just let it go sometimes. But I went and I asked one or two people, were you paid to be here today? Um, do you have black people allowed? <laughs> are black people allowed in Israel? Because that was another one. No blacks are allowed in Israel. So I went up to to uh, one of the members of the South African Jewish Board that that was there. I don't remember his name now because I've never met him after the march. So I asked him, "Are black people allowed in Israel?" Because that's a question that came through. He said, "Of course they're black." I've never been prior to attending the march. I was I was, I was not in Israel, so I didn't know. So I was asking people the questions. After the march, I noticed that. You know, the comments just became out of hand in terms of the abuse and the anti-Semitic comments that were posted on my Facebook wall. And I decided now I'm going to have to put my foot down because I'm not Shashinaid, I keep saying that. <laughs> I have to put my foot down here. I mean, yeah, yeah, I'm doing my job as a journalist. And the comments are totally in bad taste. And there's, there's, there's a point where you need to cross the line, I think. I mean, mm. you can ask questions. Is this a rent for crowd, a rent a crowd or, you know, mm. and you can ask people the questions on the ground. But to actually post anti-Semitic comments, and I thought that was taking it to a whole new level. And I thought it was very hateful. And prejudice is a dangerous thing in the world. Prejudice leads to discrimination and it leads to, to greater evil. And everybody needs to take a position on prejudice and stand against it. And that's what I did on social media. So it also highlighted the complexities of covering the Middle East conflict. Mm -hmm. And both sides always say, oh, what about the other side? What about my side? You're yeah. only showing one side of the conflict. Lushina, mm -hmm. you've now been to Israel. Yeah. Is it possible as a journalist to report neutrally on the Middle East? I think objectively, yes. You need to be objective neutrally uh, speak the truth mm. I th and we had this very very interesting conversation in Israel as well uh, speak the truth be objective and what does objectivity really mean from a journalist perspective it means ensuring that you allow both sides of the conflict to share their narrative and their perspective and give feedback that is what objectivity really means. It doesn't, that's what it stands for me. Allowing people to share perspective freely without pushing an agenda as a journalist. So ask the tough questions, but allow the story to, to write itself. That's the bottom line. Ask the questions. Do you think Israel is an apartheid state? And hear what people have to say and put that out there. But also, you need to also know, go a little bit deeper as a journalist and maybe draw comparisons between South Africa and apartheid and also speak to experts to get also um, expert opinion and also to understand what is it that you are comparing when you talk about apartheid? What is it that you are comparing between Israel and South Africa? 
So exploring all angles of the question, all sides of the story. And yes, it is critical for journalists to be objective. I don't think it, the question is, is it possible? I think it is, it is necessary. And especially around this complex issue, complex because people have labeled it as complex, but from a humanitarian perspective, it doesn't seem so complex when you have to think about how important it is and how easy it can be to connect at a heart level on the ground. And we saw it between Palestinians and Israelis. There is that heart connection that exists there on the ground. So people have labeled it as complex, but yes, given the complex situation, there is a need more than ever to be objective when reporting. And in terms of um, reporting without fear and favors, it's almost a cliche at this point. Mm. You reported live from Israel. Um, what were the reactions to that? The reactions um, were quite, um, well, I think if I have to compare it to the reaction when I was covering the march, I think they were very tempered. And I think people got the message from me loud and clear that I'm not going to tolerate uh, their prejudiced opinion because a lot of people just say things without even having knowledge around the conflict. They say things emotionally because they feel they need to take a side because we're Jewish or we're Muslim. So, you know, so but this time around, the comments were, were positive. It was well received. I think people were looking forward to my post. I think I added like 400 more followers since going to Israel. And um, I had some very encouraging comments, some really real positive comments. There were maybe one or two um, ugly comments, and it's it's my right because that's my social, personal, social media world to delete and block people who are rude, and I will do just that. Lessons learned. <laughs> Nushina, one of my experiences is that while in South Africa there's this tension possibly between pro and anti-Israel, Palestine, whatever it is, um, the large majority of South Africans have a genuine in interest and very little knowledge about the Middle East conflict, mm -hmm. as I would, for example, any other conflict that I hadn't particularly read up. Do you feel you're reaching that middleman? Well, I certainly hope so. I hope so. But I think the best experience is, I think it's, 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 it's a very interesting question that you asked, because I think... Uh, the narratives here around the conflict is very polarized. And extreme. And extreme. And having visited Israel and Palestine, both sides, and interacting with both Israelis and Palestinians, I just feel that every South African should go there to actually get a true experience and understand the conflict. Because no matter how much I may even try through my, my reporting and productions, there is a mindset here in South Africa that is actually quite disappointing around this conflict. And do you think that, I mean, as a, as a journalist, as a journalist and uh, to broader society, how do we bring the sides to a more central point? As South Africans, I'm, talk, I'm not even talking about, you know, Jews and Muslims now, I'm talking about mm. South Africans to engage more meaningfully in this conflict and the South African government to do the same. Well, I think... That's a difficult question. From, from a heart level, I don't know why, the, why there's a problem. And the fact that South Africa is a democratic country for us just to accept opinions and accept diverse views that may not agree with our own. We need to be able to sit openly and talk about it openly without getting emotional attacked. and worked up and attacked. Exactly. And uh, I think this conflict um, 
this has become the business of politics in South Africa, mm. to be quite honest. And I'm just speaking my mind and very, being very candid and blunt around this. I think it, 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 uh, it, it works for the ANC to win votes. Right. So you think it's just become just, a political tool and it whips up emotions. I that think it, it's become it's a political one tool. More political tool. I mean, actually, I've seen it in council it. meetings. Yeah. I've seen it when, uh, the MMC of Health and Social Development, Mpo Palazzi, made that comment about the city of Johannesburg is a friend of Israel. Um, I saw how much of a, I was sitting in council that day. I actually didn't know. I was looking at the tweets and social media, and I was listening to Herman Mashaba talking about the two-state solution. I was wondering what was going on. I didn't know that there, that there was some kind of um, promotion around a statement that was made by Palazzi. And I saw the reaction, the intense reaction from the EFF and from the ANC, and they were just whooping up emotions. To, uh, they, they, the 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 multi-party government faced a lot of uh, faced a lot of opposition. I was wondering where they were coming from because it was really ugly in council that day. They were, the EFF was like kind of revolutionary, you know. On the you would think that they were going to break out in violence around this conflict. So that is what I'm saying. That it sometimes it may suit political parties because they know that they have uh, favour with a large majority of South Africans who support the Palestinian cause. That you, if you bring it up, that you know you will be popular, and then you might just forget about the corruption charges or anything else, the dark, any other dark clouds hanging over their head. And I saw that kind of reaction in my own Facebook page as well, where. Again, people were just talking about, yes, the ANC is the only party that actually supports the Palestinians, and regardless of what Zuma did, yes, you know what, we need to back up the ANC. So they understand how the game is played. Well, Nishina, we in, in our concluding minute, I would like to commend you. I think you are an unbelievably courageous journalist. You play it Thank down, you. but you really are. You, you, you are fearless in your reporting. Yes. But not only that, you are unbelievably knowledgeable about the Middle East, um, Truly, you have such insight that is unbelievably amazing, and I really do hope that you are heard more. And I do want to give you an opportunity to tell people where they can read your blog, The Other Side, and also to follow and like you on Facebook. Okay, so you can follow me on www.channelmproductions.co.za. Go to my blog and read up uh, all the feedback that I've given following my recent trip to Israel and Palestine. And you're welcome to add me as a friend on Facebook, Nishina Mohammed. Thank you. Thank you so much. And if you are mean or nasty, Nishina has the right to delete and block. That's it. You heard her. <laughs> thank you so much. Nishina, thank you so much for joining me. Thank and you. And I look forward to our further interactions. Thank you very much.